You are Locked On Fantasy, your daily NFL fantasy podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Greetings, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Locked On Fantasy Football Podcast. As usual, I'm your host, Vinny Ironman. I'm not doing this. I'm writing about NFL and fantasy football for SportingNews.com. Check out all we have, the good stuff there, leading you to NFL free agency, which comes up around the corner. We're already in the franchise tag window. We also have the NFL Combine starting next week, and that's what we've been doing all week here, Locked On Fantasy Football. We already broke down the free agent, offensive skill players, quarterback, running back, wide receiver, tight end. We're at the end of line here, breaking down those players for you from the draft perspective, the other team-building improving method here in the offseason. So we looked at quarterbacks, we looked at running backs, we looked at wide receivers. Today's show, we'll look at the top tight ends. There are a lot of intriguing tight ends on the board, including two standout guys there. These guys are mostly all in my top 100 overall prospects, so that's good to have that kind of depth. And then one other guy that uh, we're going to watch to rise up the boards and have an impact here as a potential starter in the NFL Maybe the next Pat Freer move. So a lot of good stuff here on the board here that we can look at at this position. We know between Freer Muth and Kyle Pitts, we had some pretty good rookie tight end production. Maybe some of those guys can get it done early. Maybe some in a couple years uh, in that tight end window of emerging in the NFL. So thanks for making Locked On Fantasy Football your first listen every day. We're free of it and available for you on all platforms so excited here to uh, break down the tight ends. It's one of my favorite positions. was talking to George Kittle at the Super Bowl, and he was excited about this year's tight end class. Why wouldn't he be? He loves tight ends. He's got the tight end U down there in Nashville. He's going to have it again. So a lot of these guys are going to be working out with the veterans. Noah Fant uh, also had a chance to catch up with him. He sees a bigger role. So two Iowa guys there. They actually liked an Iowa State kid, and we'll get into him in our second segment, but we do have to talk about the two standout tight ends in our first segment. Now, there's no Pitts, obviously, here that's going to stand out as going in the top 10 in the draft like he did to the Falcons, but certainly some guys that are in play here for the first round at the back end here. The guy that I have at number 34 on my big board, very excited about this kid, uh, Trey McBride, not to be confused with the receiver that came out uh, a few years ago there, but... uh, from Colorado State, 6'4", 260 pounds, very strong type player, good classic frame for the position, very tough, very good hands here, soft hands, and can stretch the seam and use his body well. So he's a just a good polished route runner, and he knows how to kind of post up. We know that's important here, using that uh, basketball kind of style of play to get open here at this position. So Trey McBride has a lot of that, and there are a lot of teams late that could use a tight end. Maybe you look at the Bucks if they lose uh, Rob Gronkowski and O.J. Howard and they don't like a quarterback there late in the first round. That's a possibility here. An- another team that you might look at is uh, Tennessee. They're picking late in the first round. Uh, not near the bottom there, but they do need a complimentary playmaker. Anthony Ferkser, Jeff Swain, these weren't the guys that were doing it for A.J. Brown, and they're going to lose Julio Jones. They need to address at least some former receiver there. So a lot of teams that are needy of a tight end. Uh, the Bucks 
could certainly have a void there all of a sudden if Howard and Gronk are not there anymore and they're down to Cameron Brait and they want to run some 12 personnel with Byron Leftwich. So something to look at there. I think the potential for the Atlanta Falcons, maybe targeting a second tight end, they could move on here from Hayden Hurst. So that would uh, set things up here to compliment uh, Kyle Pitts, more 12 personnel. We know Arthur Smith, when he was the offensive coordinator of the Titans, used more 12 personnel than any other person. The other team that you can look at, maybe Cleveland moves on from David Njoku or gets away from the Austin Hooper contract and wants to have a different tight end there with Harrison Bryant. So you can look at Trey McBride in that sense. The Vikings uh, don't know about Irv Smith Jr.'s injury. Uh, Tyler Conklin is a concern here. Do they bring him back and stick with their 12 personnel sets? So there's always room for a second tight end that can be an impact player. We're also going to watch the Arizona Cardinals here. I don't know if they'll address in the first round. they got a lot of needs here, especially starting at quarterback. But they have uh, Max Williams and Zach Ertz are free agents here. So a lot of uh, ways to look at it. Uh, you also have uh, Dallas Goddard to flying solo there in Philadelphia. So maybe an option here for the Eagles with their boatload of draft picks from the Colts trade. They go with their defensive and offensive line picks early with the three first-rounders, they could look at a tight end as well. But Trey McBride could fit any one of these teams. He's that special prospect all around. And clearly, he is the number one on the board to me. Like, I don't know if that'll change. We'll have to watch the combine and the pro days to see if someone can displace him. But right now, I think when you look at the receiving and the blocking and you go complete at tight end, he's the guy for me. Coming in a close second, and I have him at 53 on my big board here at SportingNews.com. You can check out the whole top 100 there ahead of the combine. I'll also have a new mock draft at SportingNews.com that you can check out there before the combine by next Tuesday. So looking forward to that. A lot of wholesale changes here as we look at prospects in different ways. Jalen Weidermeyer, nice uh, long name here. We've seen different guys that have uh, tried to... Hold up here, we had Jake Sternberger from the Packers. He had, unfortunately, some uh, off-field stuff. Robert Tunyon emerged there in Green Bay. But Weidermeyer, great physical body as well. 6'5", 255, uses his body well, and has good, uh, strong run blocking as well. So I think he's an overall better blocker than Trey McBride. I don't think he has the same dynamic offensive skill set with his receiving skills here. So... That's the one thing we keep in mind, but I think he's a little bit better as an inline traditional tight end, where with McBride, you can use him as a move tight end, get him out in space, use him as an extra slot receiver the way that uh, the Dolphins have used Mike Gusecki. That's another team I should mention here is the Dolphins. They could uh, re-sign Mike Gusecki. There's a pretty good uh, franchise tag they could put him on at like $12 million, but if they decide to move on here and uh, you have the new coach, Mike McDaniel, looking for his different version of George Kittle, and it's not Gusecki, who not as strong in the blocking area as McBride or Weidermeyer, then you can look at him as an option. So 6'5", 255, love the prototypical size. They're almost right there with McBride and having that uh, body here. So very good prospect. Weidermeyer thought could challenge to be a first-round pick, but I like McBride a little bit better. It's hard to take a luxury tight end pick unless he's a specialist Kyle Pitts, which we saw here, you usually try to find the values the way that George Kittle and Travis Kelsey were when they were in the draft. Uh, Mark Andrews, more of a kind of hybrid wide receiver type. Uh, I think you'll have a few more traditional tight ends in this class and uh, definitely McBride and Weidermeyer. So I also like Weidermeyer coming from the offense there with Jimbo Fisher. 
that has a lot of upside as well in, in terms of the passing game, just a good scheme to come in to translate well into the NFL. So love these two guys at the top, and they stand out as my two top tight ends on the board. In our next segment, we'll get through the next four that I have there in the top 100, as well as one guy on the rise that uh, George Kittle put me on the radar too. So we'll talk about him for sure. Football is over for the season, but basketball is in full steam for both pro and college hoops. We have the NBA surging towards the playoffs, the all-star break done. We have college, we know, going to the conference tournaments and then the NCAA tournament. Well, you got to get to betonline.net to get all the latest odds, totals, player performance props to where the next fired coach is going to land. you got it all there at betonline.net. Betonline.net is the number one spot for all your sports betting needs. Betonline remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball. Betonline.net is your source for hockey, boxing, and UFC odds, right down to the latest international event coverage and information head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action only at bet online bet online where the game starts okay let's uh, pick up the show where we left off here in a moment we still have five more tight ends to talk about we'll, we'll get through them in this uh, segment and then we'll go all right uh, we looked at our first wave of tight ends there now let's uh, get into our second wave before we do that i gotta tell you about Locked on NFL, locked on experts covering the biggest stories around the NFL every Monday through Friday in less than 30 minutes. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts, just like this show. Thanks again for making Locked on Fantasy Football your first listen every day. All right, let's get into my next wave of tight ends here. These are the next five, and these guys are pretty close in value, but still some guys that these teams that I mentioned could target away from uh, expending a high pick late first rounder, early second rounder on McBride, or a pick there on Weidermeyer in the early second round. So the next guy is Cade Otten of Washington, 6'5", 250, right in that range here. Good athlete position, very good route runner as well, hands. So the blocking is a little bit deficient here. He's got to grow into that a little bit, but a lot of these guys in these specific offenses that are a little bit wide open, they're used as that hybrid wide receiver in the slot, kind of in the Mike Gusecki vein. So would Miami look for Otten as a cheap replacement for Gusecki? He's been pretty good, but I don't know if they want to pay him $12 million even for one year on the franchise tag. So Otten is someone you can look at. A little bit of Gusecki in him in his game. You go there. A little bit of Mark Andrews as well. So there's that. I don't know. Andrews is a hard comparison here for any tight end because he's so special stretching the field making big plays there for Lamar Jackson and the Ravens quarterback so Otten however good to have background pedigree with his family playing football here so there's all that good stuff here with Otten good intangibles there things you can't uh, teach there for the receiver little nuance to things he does there in running routes so do you like Kate Otten as a little bit of a sleeper here at number 70 overall so again these guys are kind of lumped up here near the bottom of my top 100 there now another guy that i'm looking at is jeremy ruckert he's from ohio state so there's been a lot of attention on the two wide receivers for good reason here in uh, garrett wilson and chris olave but ruckert was also a big part of their passing game here 65252 he's very good receiver and again part of their offense was just opening it up and throwing it to their 
guys here, Ryan Day, does operate a pro-style system, so that gives the Ohio State receivers expanding from wide out to tight end a lot of appeal here. So 6'5", 252. So all these tight ends really fall into that prototypical range. Again, Ruckert is more like Kyle Lawton here, so, so, so that's how it goes. All right, you have uh, Jeremy Ruckert is the next guy on our list. He is number... Uh, 80 on my big board here, 6'5", 252, so right in that prototypical size here from Ohio State. Good pro-style offense there with Ryan Day. A lot of things that they can do downfield with their wide receiver. So good stuff all around uh, here for that Ohio State Buckeyes uh, passing game. So record a big part of it. A lot like uh, Kate Otten, just being more of a receiving guy that has to grow into a blocking. But you figure that. Ohio State was a dynamic passing game. With Day, it doesn't matter who the quarterback has been, but Ruckert has looked pretty good, can stretch the field a little bit. So excited about what he can do if he can evolve his uh, blocking a little bit to stay on the field more regularly. Right now, I think he's more of a move guy. I think Otten is a little bit better ahead on the blocking than him, but uh, that's a guy that we're also going to watch there. Now, this is a guy that's rising up the boards for me, Isaiah Likely of Coastal Carolina, 6'4", 240, a little smaller, more of an H-back style, but natural pass catcher, explosive receiver, and again, he's uh, blocking really well here in this league. So when you look at it uh, just overall, he's a, he's a guy that I think... All right, the next guy that I'm looking at here is in number 93 in my overall top 100 here on the big board. Isaiah Likely of Coastal Carolina, 6'4", 240, natural pass catcher, explosive receiver, and just very good there. Even though he's a bit undersized here, he's pretty good, and I think his blocking is a bit underrated, and that's what's moved him up a little bit. I don't think teams looked at uh, the Coastal Carolina offense specifically for that, but they were pretty explosive here, looked very good. A rising program. We know they gave uh, BYU some trouble a couple of years ago. So this is a good, good program here that has offensive uh, talent for sure across the board. The Chanticleers and Isaiah Likely, likely <laughs> a day three pick right now, but I think he's working into day two and maybe a sleeper there for the third round. So 93 on my board. I think definitely that gives him a chance to go in the third round. I like him a lot more than uh, some here, but uh, I, I think if he sneaks in round three, I would not be surprised at all. And he's a guy with a lot of upside there because, again, his blocking is uh, on an accelerated trajectory and the receiving is already pretty high ceiling. The final guy I have is Jake Ferguson. Good all-around tight end, good hands, in line there, and reliable blocking skills. So he's the guy that you can put in line and plug in as a more traditional tight end here. So, again, you... You go to Wisconsin for some reliable blocking. It happens on the extra offensive lineman here with Ferguson, so he can serve as that to help you there, but also can kind of shed his uh, assignment, slip in, and get open in the short to intermediate routes as well. So Jake Ferguson, another tight end really like. He's the last one in my top 100. The guy outside of my top 100 that George Kittle told me to put on the radar, and this is very interesting because George Kittle is an Iowa guy, this is Charlie Kolar from Iowa State. He was very explosive for the Cyclones in the Big 12 season. Had a nice game against Oklahoma. Really going up the boards. And I think George Kittle's taking a little shine to a Cyclone. Uh, don't tell the Hawkeye fans that. But, yeah, this is a guy that he put on my radar a little bit more. And he's uh, kind of risen up boards a little bit as more teams have started evaluating him. He could have a good week at the Combine as well to boost his 
potential here, but good offense. We know with Matt Campbell, we talked about uh, this Iowa State team having a good passing game as well. So good passing games that translate well into pro style. Easier transition for these tight ends. And uh, Charlie Kolar, I really like there. Another good, solid guy in, in the range that you look at. So he's the bonus tight end. He's just outside of my top six for now, but that could change for sure. So I have six in my top 100. So that really covers the first three rounds of the draft. So very excited to see what these tight ends can do here. Not just in 2022, but beyond. I think this is a very good class here overall. Maybe being overlooked given how good the wide receivers are. And speaking of other positions, will uh, give us your breakdown here of all what's uh, left of the offensive players. We'll just kind of take that overview, see what we feel overall about the skill position, and look at the offensive linemen, which are very appealing in this year's draft. So excited about that. We'll cover that as a catch-all in our final segment here. So make sure you're checking out all the great shows here on the Lockdown Network. We're excited here to get into another offseason and do some advanced scouting for you. So check out all the shows here, Lockdown NFL, Lockdown Now, our team-by-team podcast. We do a great job here on the network covering your team all throughout the NFL offseason. Okay, let's uh, close the show here breaking down the rest of the offensive players. First of all, i got to say quarterback, maybe not as great in years past. Same thing with running back with wide receivers and tight ends. Really the strength of this draft when it comes to skill positions. Teams are going to find solutions here that are going to help them out sooner rather than later. So wide receiver and tight end is pretty good. I'd say the next is quarterback. I think in the right system, Malik Willis, Ryan Pickett, these great skill set guys can be very effective. And then I look at the running backs. Not as dynamic, but you do have a stud there in Kenneth Walker there from Michigan State. So... And overall, pretty good. I would say it pales a little bit to last year's class for sure in terms of the whole offensive skill value. Now, in terms of offensive linemen, though, it is just an abundance here. Early, you have offensive tackle starters that you look at. Evan Neal of Alabama. You have uh, Icky Ikonwu of North Carolina State. And you have a third guy that's emerged, Charles Cross of Mississippi State. Then you have Tyler Lindebaum, a fine center there that... Uh, is out of Iowa as well, so George Kittle would approve of that player, but just a solid plug-and-play center that's going to be a starter for 10 years in the NFL. He was by far Iowa's best player last year and just a stud in the Big Ten. Then you look elsewhere in the offensive line. I mean, just a lot of values uh, continuously that you look at. Kenyon Green, an interior guy that you can look at from LSU. It just goes on and on. Very good value for inside and outside. A lot of teams looking to improve their blocking. We look at you, Cincinnati Bengals, have a great opportunity in this draft to upgrade here nicely and uh, really help their quarterback and their running back and everything else uh, fall into place offensively. So we're excited about that. A lot of teams are going to find answers up front where it's just as important here, of course. That's where you build a foundation. That's where you complement guys that are top skill position players like the Bengals have there with Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, Joe Mixon, and the like. So good offensive line class for sure. So as much as we look at uh, wide receiver and tight end having a lot of appeal, offensive line really stands out here as the most uh, formidable position here when you look at the, the offense as a whole here in 2022 in the NFL draft. So... There you have it. There's a breakdown here of uh, your best 
offensive skill position players in the 2022 NFL Draft. We also love the offensive tackles and guards and centers. Bring them all on. It's going to be a good one here. So I think what you're going to see is maybe you don't have that high-level quality that we've seen in years past, but in terms of the quantity, it is definitely pretty good here for this draft. So a lot of teams are going to be solid and happy here if they have a lot of extra draft picks beyond the usual seven. They're going to fill a lot of offensive holes here nicely overall and get some well-rounded players, which is great to see that run or pass, these teams are all going to prove. So thanks for making uh, Locked on Fantasy Football your first listen every day. We're free and available for you on all platforms. Now, check us out. We'll uh, wrap the week with one more show tomorrow on Friday. Now, make your second listen to Locked on NFL Draft. Ryan Tracy and former NFL cornerback Eric Crocker bring the NFL Draft to life every day with inside analysis on college football prospects and NFL front offices. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts. For Locked on Fantasy Football, this has been Vinny Iyer. Have a great day. Day and we'll catch up you to end the week here on Friday.